Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Brett McMurphy of Action Network joins us on 101 ESPN. Brett, good morning. How are you doing? Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. What game are you going to be at? I'm at the Fiesta Bowl. Just got done with the Jim Harbaugh, Sonny Dykes uh, last day press conference before tomorrow's game. Hey, hey, Brett. I want to go to the to the Peach Bowl and talk about uh, why doesn't Stetson Bennett get any of the credit that he deserves? Uh, well, he was in New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony, so I think that was pretty good credit. Um, I think. You know, fairly or not, he's viewed as kind of a game manager. Um, He's not as flashy as a Hendon Hooker or um, even Max Duggan or Caleb Williams. And I think probably because he's got the best team around him, um, unfairly, he probably doesn't, like you say, doesn't get some credit because – Probably a lot of people think you could put a lot of quarterbacks at Georgia and Georgia would still be 13-0. and So I do think he's very, very good. Um, but, um, you know, it's kind of – it's kind of uh, he, he's kind of cursed because he's on such a good team. People may not, you know, see his value. But certainly his leadership and what he's done for Georgia this year has been outstanding. Um, but, you know, he, I, he's just – you know, he's not as flashy as some of those other guys, so I think that's basically what it boils down to. And, Brett, how does how does Ohio State beat that juggernaut of a team in Georgia uh, this weekend, tomorrow? Well, they've got to figure out the issues that have been plaguing them defensively. Uh, you know, Jim Knowles came in as the new defensive coordinator, came over from Oklahoma State, and um, Ohio State has struggled defensively the second half of the season. They've been outgained in three of their last five games. And they're outgained by Penn State, good opponent. Maryland, yeah, so-so. And outgained by Northwestern. But that's not good. Um, their defense has allowed more than 30 points in three of the last five games. And now you're going against a, a Georgia team that, that ranks in the top three in the country offensively in, in yards per play. Georgia's offense um, – Although it's kind of viewed as kind of methodical, they've been they've been able to put up points. They've scored over thirty seven, and for the last six, um, they're playing in a familiar site, you know, in Atlanta that they just got done playing in. They've been there several times. They're obviously going to have a huge um, fan advantage. The question, if you like Ohio State, is is Ohio State? They're either the most overrated team this year as far as talent or they just had their worst game ever against Michigan and they're going to show up tomorrow and beat Georgia. I still, depending on what time of day you ask me, I don't know which side (laughs) of the coin I'm on, Um, but certainly Ohio State has the talent. They just have to, you know, put forth an effort 
that they were not able to do against Michigan. And, um, you know, they were kind of lackluster throughout the season. That sounds weird for a team that only lost one game, but that's kind of where we're at with them. Brett McMurphy, let's move to the game that you're at, the Fiesta Bowl, TCU and Michigan. And I kind of get the feeling, this is just my opinion, it's my thought process, I, I kind of... I penalize TCU because of perception, not necessarily reality, but because they're TCU from the Big 12. That that makes sense. I mean, it, you know, just going into the conference championship game against Kansas State, if Oklahoma or Texas was in TCU's position, would there have even been a debate whether they would be in the playoff if they would have lost that game? Of course not. But because it was TCU, I agree with what you're saying a thousand percent. Um, TCU has, you know, they were picked, <laughs> Sonny Dykes joked the other day, their their goal is, you know, next year not to be picked to finish, finish seventh in the conference. They were picked <laughs> to finish seventh in the conference this year. Um, they were eight and one in games decided by 10, by less than 10 points. So give them credit for winning those games, but certainly some of those games, maybe if they didn't get certain breaks, they could have lost. So I think maybe that's kind of some of the, disrespect factor for TCU but this game's going to be fascinating because I think it's the narrative is Michigan's kind of the power team the nation's best offensive line and TCU's more athletic not as big um can they wear them down uh Sonny Dykes even admitted that you know he thinks he'll get two or three less possessions on offense because Michigan will just be able to control the ball but as, as Sonny said he said we're going to have some we're going to have some tricks up our sleeves it's really interesting to me because we see the way that Michigan pounds teams into submission in the second half, but TCU has made the, the, their way to this game by having great second half of fourth quarters, right? Yeah, and they, they actually just talked about that literally 15 minutes ago. Um, both TCU and Michigan are among the top teams in the country as far as second half um, scoring margin. And, you know, Sonny said basically TCU, you know, is, you know, doesn't give up the style of offense they run. Um, they're able to, to come back on teams if they need be. And then he commented, you know, as far as Michigan, you know, you, they've got, you know, the best offensive line in the country. So they just wear you down. So in the first quarter, a 40-yard gain um, will turn into a seven-yard gain in the second half because they just wear on you. And so – that's that's going to be something to keep an eye on in the second half. Is if if Michigan gets worn, uh, Michigan can wear down TCU. Um, but it was funny because JJ McCarthy, Michigan's quarterback, was asked about you know seeing TCU play, and I think this is kind of telling um, how he views kind of Michigan's offense because he says, yeah, he goes. What they do is really different. Their offense looks fun to run. <laughs> kind of like he wishes he could kind of open it up a little bit more like TCU does. Hey, Brett, we talk a lot about Michigan's offense and their run game, but their defense is uh, playing really well. They they allowed 16.1 yards uh, points per game last year, and this year after losing Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo, they're only allowing 13.4 points a game. What have you seen from them defensively uh, that you think will give TCU some trouble this weekend? Well, just to, you know, their overall strength and balance, and and, and you're right. Um, and I think part of that, and a lot of people get caught up in, the, um, you know, n- number of points allowed or scored or whatever, but then, you know, I think what helps Michigan is their defense isn't on the field that much. Hmm. 
You know, when the offense controls the ball that long, you don't have to worry about keeping your defense out there. Now, on the flip side, TCU's defense is out there a lot. Well, why? Because the offense is scoring so much, and so they get they get out there. Um, you know, Mazze Smith, Michigan's defensive lineman, he said, you know, when, when going against TCU's offense, he goes, I look at it like, like they're a monster with a lot of heads. And our job is, is to cut them off. So will they be able to cut off all of TCU's heads on offense? Uh, we'll, we'll certainly find out. Finally, Brett, to tell folks how college football has come along financially, and obviously NIL is a big deal, and coaches are getting paid millions of dollars. As you tweeted, and people can follow Brett McMurphy on Twitter, at Brett underscore McMurphy, you've got a photo of the $1.4 million <laughs> Fiesta Bowl trophy. That's unbelievable, and it's a little bit ostentatious for a college bowl game. Yeah, it kind of caught me by surprise because I'm like, why they, Why is there secure? Like, there's security at all these things. I mean, quote, security. I mean, it's people just volunteering. But this is like a real security guard. And I'm like, what is this for? And so I asked one of the bowl officials, and they're like, oh, yeah, the, the trophy's worth $1.4 million. It's got 2,200 diamonds and all these different things, da da da, da. So... It's not going to be like the Duke's Mayo Bowl that you're going to see the, the team hold up and crash in the locker room. So uh, this is legit. Now, I don't think the trophy travels, so I'm sure it's going to stay here in Phoenix. I don't think the winning team would get a take it because I think there's an insurance policy big enough. I, I was going to um, ask. Unless Harbaugh or Dykes wants to cover it with their salaries. <laughs> right. I, I was going to ask, if it costs that much, you don't even allow the players to hold that, do you? You just <laughs> you just say, hey, take a yeah. look at it, smile, yeah. come take a picture, buy it. But you don't get to touch it. Yeah, it's like if you guys have ever been able to, to see the Stanley Cup in person, I fortunately I have, you can't touch it. It's like you lean up close to it and kind of put your arm around it, but you can't touch it. It's the same thing with this trophy. Brett, wow. St. Louis hated me in 2019 <laughs> before the Blues won the Cup. The Cup was brought into our studio in the second round of the playoffs, and I kissed it and put a picture up, and the Blues hadn't won it yet, and people hated me for two months until the Blues won it. There you go. You're not spo- <laughs> I live in Tampa. The Lightning won it. You're not supposed to touch it. I didn't touch it. I actually wanted to... My daughter was an infant at the time. I wanted to set her in the cup. They wouldn't allow it. So um, <laughs> got to watch out for those uh, those curses. No doubt about it. Hey, Brett, have fun down in Phoenix. We love your work. We appreciate you taking some time with us, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you guys, too. Thank you. Take care. Brett McMurphy of the Action Network joining us on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plug to Chris Howard. University of Michigan QB J.J. McCarthy makes bold predictions but doesn't fulfill them, and Ohio State kicker Noah Ruggles misses an opportunity to etch his name in Buckeye lore. Fans love their teams and the players. That is, until they don't. When it comes to finger-pointing, you'll find no greater antagonist than the fan. Why? Because it means more to them, or so they believe. As a former player, nothing angers me more than armchair charlies accusing the teams of overlooking opponents or blaming players for providing bulletin board material. But leading up to the game, the fan is the one talking the most, boasting the most. When the team is winning, it's a lot of we talk. But when the team loses, it turns into they lost. You will never know what those moments feel like because you didn't put in the work to earn those feelings from those moments. That's the great thing about being part of a team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. We cry, we console our brother, we don't point the finger, we go back to work, back to the early morning workouts, the hill sprints, back to the bloody noses and broken bones. Why? because it really means more to us. 
Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.